How are you all? All right? Yeah? Good, obviously quiet. I know it's all a bit muffled, but um, there will come a time when it won't be. Uh, okay, just quick time check, just so I know how much I can overrun. Brilliant. <laughs> Let's pray, shall we? Um, I know some of you, if you only just sat, you can stay seated. doesn't matter. Let's pray. I'm going to pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are so, so welcome. This whole gig, this whole church thing is absolutely pointless without you, Holy Spirit. We need, we need you, we need God's presence, and we need his power. Without his presence, it's like we're orphans. And God, without your power, we're toothless. Our hearts, God, we deliberately open them. We pin back our ears and listen to what you want to say to us this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay, there are no slides. So um, you don't need to be looking at the screen in any sense of anticipation. Uh, this, uh, we're talking about freedom this morning. It's Easter Day, right? It's Easter Day. It's still Easter Day, which is a great thing. Um, we've just come to the end of Holy Week, which was preceded by 51 other Holy Weeks, which is great news. Um, I can feel it, just to let Cherith on the camera know, I can feel it, I'm in a moving mood. I just need to warn you, okay? I will do my best to kind of keep coming back to the middle, but you're going to have to be on your game at the back. See? See like that. Okay, I'm teasing. Here we go. But, um, so Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read a little bit of this to you. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I... Paul tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, what? Christ will be of no value to you at all. I, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. What? Okay. The theme of this morning is freedom. And when Jesus died on the cross, he obtained for us a freedom that was otherwise utterly unobtainable. It was what Jesus did on the cross. What, he just hung there and died, didn't he? He did hang there and die. But the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Okay, that says that back in um, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. The punishment that brought us peace. Don't forget, peace isn't peace. Peace is wholeness, completeness. Nothing missing, nothing brokenness, as we sometimes say. The punishment that brought us peace, that punishment he took. And we'll talk about that exchange a little bit in a minute. <clears throat> so let's, how, how have, we ended, have we ended up very quickly in circumcision? Uh, an uncomfortable topic. I appreciate many men in the room have crossed their legs. But anyway, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So Paul says, stand firm then. Don't become burdened by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I tell you, if you let yourselves be circumcised. So what's going on with the Galatians, uh, the people in Galatia? 
where Paul is writing, to whom Paul is writing this letter. What's happened is they are starting to try to earn their way back to God. So let me explain. There are two ways you can get to God. Do not quote me or tweet me on me saying that because I need to justify that because the Bible says there is only one way and it's Jesus. I'm coming to that. Theoretically, there are two. One, you can earn your way to God. Or two, you accept that Jesus has made a way for you to get to God. Now, let's go the earning first of all. Thank you. Let's clear my throat. Now, the earning route was this. You have to be born and have absolutely no predisposition to any sense of wrongdoing or selfishness or brokenness in any way. You then have to lead a completely, utterly faultless life, never doing anything wrong, never thinking anything wrong, walking absolutely perfectly in step with Father God the whole time, and The Bible makes it clear that you only basically have to muck up once and that makes you a lawbreaker. So this was set in place in the Old Testament, the law. Um, And the law was in place to show you this is the standard that you have to live at. Now, you may say, well, no one can live at that standard. Well, obviously one could Jesus, and we'll come back to Jesus in a minute. But the whole purpose of all that time through the Old Testament and the law was to show us how can we ever do this? This is impossible. It says in Romans that the wages of sin ultimately will lead to death. If that's the path you keep choosing, that's going to lead to death. So how can what? That's how can we ever live a life where we don't even screw up once? I mean, I, I, I managed it one morning, you know, and then I got out of bed and then it just all went wrong. You know, I mean, this, is, this is impossible stuff. And the reason it was there, <clears throat> the law was there and was left for so long is because people needed to realise, I need saving. I can't do this. I can't live to God's standard just with my own effort. Along comes Jesus. He does a deal. Yeah, thanks. He does a deal. This is from Oversinging on Good Friday Chill, even though it was quiet. Thank you. Thanks, Kat. Mm. He did this um, deal. So Jesus did live the sinless life. He did live the complete life. He did live in step with the Father. He did do only what he saw the Father doing and spoke only what he heard the Father saying. And then, he then was then able to go to the cross and effectively take the punishment that was for us. So he did an exchange with us. Now, if he had sinned, even if he'd been born of, his, of Joseph's seed, then he would have immediately been born into a heritage of sin. Which is why it had to be what is commonly called, particularly in Catholic Church, the Immaculate Conception. A spoken word from an angelic being. We haven't really got time to go into that. The point is, Jesus got to the cross and he said to me, and he said it to you, and he said it to all people for all time, I'm going to take 
the punishment, the consequence, the weight of sin on you, and I'm going to do you a swap. If he'd made one mistake, he would have gone to that cross for his mistake. But he led a sinless life. So he was able to do us a great exchange. And he said, I will go to the cross. I will take your punishment and I will swap you. I have complete right standing with God. That means I can walk in and out of the throne room, in and out, in and out. I am utterly accepted by him. There is nothing that Jesus can do to be more accepted by the Father. And there is nothing that he could ever do to be less than accepted by the Father. And he says, I'll do you a deal. You give me all your punishment. You give me all the consequence of the poor choices and the stuff you were born into. And I'll give you my right standing with the Father. That is the deal that got put on the table and is called the New Covenant. And that's what happened at Easter. All covenants have to be established through the shedding of blood. It's one of the deals with covenants. They have to be established through the shedding of blood. And it was Jesus' blood that was shed, that established, set in place that new covenant. And when we have communion, that's what we're remembering. We're remembering that deal of all time. Where God has said, because of what Jesus has done, how about this? All of me in return for all of you forever. That's the deal on the table. Deal or no deal, says God. So what had happened, Paul, the church in Galatia, as Paul wrote to them, he was saying, listen, there are only two ways that you can get to the Father And you're never going to make the first one. You completely mucked it up from the moment you were even born. So you received the gift of what Jesus did. And it says, Paul makes it very, very clear. This is not anything of man, anything that man can do, lest any man should boast. This is entirely a gift of God. This isn't even vaguely attainable. This is ridiculously out of any of our leagues and it's just been given as a gift. So Paul says, okay, what's going on here is you have been given this freedom, freedom from your past, freedom from sinful thought patterns, freedom from the iniquities. We haven't got time to go into what they are. Look them up. We've got freedom from brokenness. Freedom from addictions, freedom from slavery. And if any of us think we're not a slave, then find the thing that you can manage without for a little while and see how you get on with that. And so what Paul says is, you have been given all this freedom, and now some of the people there were saying, well, if we're going to do this, if we're going to do this thing properly, then... I mean, the Jewish way is you, you have to be circumcised and, you know, you have to follow all these laws. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. It's one or the other. Either you're going to try and earn your way there, in which case you've already failed, or accept the gift that Jesus has done it for you. Paul was firmly in the you do not need to be circumcised camp. Yay, Paul. What a guy. 
I love him. I tell you what, though, it would make saying yes to Jesus a whole different ballgame, wouldn't it? For, for us men, if we like really meant saying yes to Jesus, what that could be like. The women would be walking past the building just silently going, ha, now you get some insight into childbirth. <laughs> or not. Anyway, if we weren't live, that bit would be edited out. So, um, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised, it is obligated to obey the whole law. He says, if you're going to be circumcised, you might as well just try and earn your whole way back to God. And Paul gets a little bit narked. I'll read, I'll read this one. Ah, oh, it's moved pages. I'll read this one out of the Passion Translation. There's a, a great bit in here, the way he describes it. He says, if you want to be made holy by fulfilling the obligations of the law, well, you have cut off more than your flesh. You have cut yourselves off from Jesus and have fallen from the revelation of grace. Grace is the, this gift that God has given, this entire favour thing that God has given. And he's saying, you can't earn that. So as soon as you start having a mindset of earning, you're falling from this position of grace. What are we trying to earn from God? What are you trying to earn from God in your behavior? It's so easily slipped into. But Paul has a warning. He says, The Holy Spirit convinces us that we have received by faith this position of righteousness, of right standing with God. He says, before you were led astray, you were so faithful. Why have you now turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? And then he ends up, I've just got to find the line because it's so good. He says, to tell you the truth, when I find out who these people are, I wish they would go even further and cut off their legalistic influence from your lives says down the bottom in notes, or castrate themselves. So Paul's saying, I don't know who these people are that have infiltrated, it says earlier on in Galatians, that have infiltrated our ranks or your ranks and seen the freedom you have. And we all know that to people who aren't free, freedom's really irritating. And they don't like it, so they try and put laws back on you. And Paul's saying, I don't know who these people are, but I don't know about circumcision. I wish they'd just cut them off completely. Paul's really naffed off because it absolutely flies in the face of everything that Jesus did. It's a complete gift. There is no earning. There is no earning that can possibly get you to this right standing place. It's it's impossible. But how do we live out that freedom? What do we do to live In this place, because very easily, I don't know about you, very easily we slip over into this side. And we start trying to earn again the very thing we've been given as a gift. We start working for acceptance from God and not working from acceptance from God. He says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. That is great news. I think for most of us, we have very little comprehension of what real freedom would look like in our lives. 
Just think of some of the things that hold you. If you're not sure what they are and you're married, ask your spouse. Or ask your friends. What are those things that have some hold over you? Is it your past? Is it your need to attain? Is it shame? Is it some kind of an addiction? On the cross, Jesus said, broken, broken, it's broken, it's broken, it's broken. Do you live like it's broken? I don't always. So Paul is making this big declaration, freedom! It was for freedom that Christ set us free. So don't be burdened again. You were made to be free. And yet, while that is completely true, I find myself not always living over here. But I find myself too often slipping back over here. Paul says this, You were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Ah, okay. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Okay, so what we've got going on here is Paul is saying, you have been made absolutely free. However, it matters how you use the freedom that you have been given. Freedom isn't doing what you like. That's called idiocy. Honestly, if I did everything that ever popped into my head, I would have been sectioned or locked up many years ago. I don't know about you in the inside of your head. Frankly, I don't want to see it, if that's okay with you. I'll leave you to your own private thoughts. But we have freedom. And if you remember, some of you may remember, we did a series maybe a couple of years ago on the subject of freedom when we had lots of bird cages on the stage. Were they yours? I think they were yours, weren't they? Yeah. I nearly asked you for one this morning. Um, anyway, we had lots of bird cages on there. And we said that what many people have done is they've been afforded the freedom by Jesus, and it, it's the, you know, the typical Tweety Pie birdcage thing, and, and the door is then opened. That's what happened on the cross. And there are a number of people who just stay in there. And then there are some other people, and we talked all about this, you can go back and find all these talks, there are other people who fly out of that one cage and they just find another cage. A bit like back in the day in churches, we flew out of the cage of having to have hymn books and instead we flew straight into the cage of the OHP (laughs) with that very gifted lady who could always move it in the right direction and get it always just right. Every church had one, needed one, and if you didn't, you were praying for one. But the thing is, with Jesus, it's more reckless than that. It's more crazy. It's like the most stupid idea you would ever think to do. And yet he does it, and it's this. There is a cage, and then there is no cage. What? No cage? That's right. No cage. There is the cage that you are in, that you have been set free from, at Easter, like the work of the cross, if you like, 
And then there is no cage. So I can fly anywhere. Yes. What, anywhere? Yes. What? I can do anything I like. Yes. So I can go anywhere I like. Yes. So I can, I can sin if I want. Yes. So hang on a minute. What are the boundaries then? There aren't any boundaries. You've been set free. What Paul is saying is, you have got freedom. Now, how are you going to use your freedom? He says very clearly, you were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Like, why would you do that? Why would you hurt someone that you love by going off and indulging your passions with someone else? Well, because I, I can. And we're back to idiocy. Why would you do that? So what God set up, the, the whole law in the Old Testament, all this way, basically became fulfilled completely And we are now bound to God only by love. Now, we all have to live with the consequences of where we choose to fly, to carry on the bird analogy. It it can't be consequence-free. All things have consequences. You reap what you sow. Paul makes that absolutely clear further on in this letter. Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth. That shall he also reapeth, it says in the King James, even with the R being rolled. So Paul says, you can use your freedom absolutely how you want. You were a slave to sin, to fear, to addictions, to this. Set free, set free, set free, set free. The cage has been opened on every single one of those things. So how do we live then in the light of that freedom, in the fullness of that freedom? How do we do that? Because I don't always feel very free. And this is where Paul says, well, you have a decision to make about how you use your freedom. What are you going to sow into your life? Where are you going to fly? Who are you going to see? Who are you going to let influence you in your life? Paul says this, Don't indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. yourself. So Paul goes on to say, so I say, walk by the spirit, this side, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So what Paul is saying here is, you can do whatever you want, but you're going to need to remember, if you choose to live by the Spirit, you are going to reap from the Spirit. You are going to reap all things of life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But he says, if you are going to 
Use your freedom to come back over this side and to live from your sinful nature, then you are going to reap the consequences. These two are not compatible. You cannot live these two. So Paul says, absolutely, you have the freedom to fly where you like. But just remember that all the time you're flying in the, let's call it the flesh, the sinful nature, all the time you're flying in that airspace, you are not flying in this airspace. So Paul tells us to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. In other words, the authority for it happened on the cross, yes, but we're still working it out. We're still working out how to fly out of that cage. And then God shows us another cage and he says, I've done it. The door's open. You can fly out and we have to learn. So essentially, this is two points in one. First point, the work of the cross is utter and complete. Let us never be numpties and come over this side and try and earn the thing that we've already been given. For a start, that's a really odd thing anyway, to try to earn something we've already been given. If you think of someone giving you a gift, and then you try to earn that gift, the giver will probably be firstly slightly bemused, and secondly, maybe even slightly offended. I've given it to you. Let me give you some money for it. No, it's a gift. Yeah, yeah, but how how about if I just come and do some housework for you? I don't know, maybe that would just help pay for it. No, it's a gift. You can't earn something that's been given as a gift. Secondly, we have been given our freedom, but Paul says, be very careful what you use your freedom for. Both are true. Can I fly anywhere? Yes, absolutely true. But will there be consequences, good and bad, just very natural consequences for for wherever I fly? Yes, Paul goes on to say, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. I'm going to read it from this one. We're going to wrap up with this. Um, Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God. Oh, just in case you thought you were all right. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts and pornography, chasing after things instead of God. Oh, awkward. Manipulating others. Hatred of those who get in your way. Senseless argument, resentment when others are favoured, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself. How about this one? Being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviour. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will... Not inherit the kingdom of God? Ouch. I thought it was once saved, always saved, Chris. Yeah, God never chucks you out of his hand. Ever. But can you choose to fly away? Yeah. What's that mean then? We'll, never in, we'll not inherit the kingdom of God. What? Does that mean like now? To be entirely honest with you, I don't know. But I tell you what, I'm not taking the chance. I never want to be without him ever. 
But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit living this side within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. It's joy that overflows. What time do we finish? Peace that subdues. I think we're about to get cut off. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. We should have finished. I've got a feeling we've been cut off. If we have, goodbye. I'm not sure. Let's stand in the room. We love you. I lost track of time. Normally Nick gives me a nod. If we're still on, stay there. Father, thank you. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. We do not want to try and earn anything from you that you've already given. And secondly, God, we want to use our freedom to live listening to your Holy Spirit, walking in step with you, enjoying the fullness of all you have for us. Thank you, God. We love you. We love you. And if you're still online or in the room, you've never said yes to him, wow, today is the day. Today is the day. You can just speak your yes to him. Get in touch with us. We would love to support you further. Lots of love from us. If you haven't gone, you're going now. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.